others. We pray. Amen. Our gospel lesson comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us, and do not bring us to the, to the time of trial. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open for you. For everyone who receives and everyone who searches finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the word of God, for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. For our time of children's message today, I want to invite those who are with us to help me with something. I'm hoping y'all help me a little bit. Um, we're talking today about imagining, and one of the ways in which I wanted to do that is with a very simple way to imagine. I often did this when I had chapel time with preschoolers, so y'all will forgive me for just a minute. And it goes a little bit like this. Imagine that Jesus showed up at your house for dinner. I always ask the preschoolers this question. What would you have for dinner? What would you have for dinner? I'm hoping you're going to tell me something you like to have for dinner. What would you have for dinner if Jesus came to your house? Pot roast? Okay, that sounds good. Anybody else going to feed Jesus? Cabbage. Say it again. Cabbage. Cabbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Anybody else going to feed Jesus? Pizza, lasagna? <laughs> sounds like he's going to be fed all right. <laughs> what are you going to feed him? Meatloaf. Meatloaf, okay. What do you want to feed him? I knew mac and cheese had to be in here. Okay, okay. 
So I always told them, we wanted to feed Jesus something, I'm hoping you all are telling me something you like to eat. I'm imagining that. Okay, good. What we did was we just imagined, right? We just put ourselves right in the story. <laughs> We're going to imagine a little bit, and we do this. It took some imagining. I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say, so far, Jesus hasn't actually shown up at the door and knocked, so you had to do a little imagining. <laughs> we do this when we read the Bible. <laughs> We imagine ourselves in the stories. We imagine a little bit. God invites us into the stories. That's part of reading the Bible and it coming to life. We did it in a really simple way with dinner. And we're invited to do it with every single one of the Bible stories. So how about if you pray and help me and we ask God to open our hearts to how we might imagine God's word and our lives coming together. Let's pray. Dear God, Dear God we thank you for the gift of your word. We thank you for the gift of your word. And our lives and, our and how they might go together. And how they might go together. Open our eyes. And our, hearts and our hearts to your word. To your word. Amen. Amen. Thanks for being willing to work with me. And I'll tell you, all of those dinners sounded good to me. <laughs> There's a story that's told about an older man and his family. And the man's daughter requested that the local priest come and pray. And when the priest arrived, he found the man lying in bed with his head propped up on two pillows and there was an empty chair waiting beside the bed. So the priest assumes that the older fellow had been informed of the visit Guess you were expecting me, the priest says. No, who are you? <laughs> he mutters. I'm the new associate at your parish, and I saw the chair, so I figured you knew I was going to show up. Oh, yeah, the chair, says the man who never leaves the bed. Would you mind closing the door? Puzzled, the priest goes ahead and shuts the door. Well, he says, I've never told anyone, not even my daughter, but all my life I've never known how to pray. At Sunday Mass, I used to hear the pastor talk about prayer, but truth be told, it, it went over my head. And finally, in sheer frustration, one day I told him all of those messages on prayer, I get nothing out of them. <laughs> so the, the priest said to me, taking a book out of his desk, 
Here is the best book I know. It's by Hans van Bolser. He's a Swiss theologian. It's contemplative prayer. It's the best one. Read it. You're going to get it now. I took it home, and I read it, and by the third page, I had to look up 12 words in the dictionary. I was done. I gave it back to him. I said, here you go. Thanks for nothing. I didn't get it at all. And I abandoned my attempts at prayer until one day about four years ago, my best friend said to me, you know, Joe, all prayer really is, is having a conversation with Jesus. So here's what I think you should do. Sit down in a chair and, and put another one in front of you. And in faith, just kind of imagine Jesus on the chair. It's not spooky, I, I promise you. Jesus said, I'm going to be with you all your days. And then speak to Jesus, listen, just like you're talking to me. So I tried it. And I do it a lot of hours. I'm careful, though. If my daughter ever saw me doing this, you know, she'd have me off in a moment. <laughs> she'd think I had a nervous breakdown or something. The priest was deeply moved, and he encouraged the man to continue on this journey. He prayed with him, anointed him with oil, and he returned to the rectory. Two days later, the daughter called and told the priest that his father had died that afternoon. The priest asked the daughter, did he seem at peace? Yeah, she said. You know, when I saw him the last time, he told me, you know, one of those corny jokes he always does. He kissed me on the cheek, and when I got back, he had died. But there was something really kind of weird, actually. It was beyond weird. It was strange. When he died, he rested his head on the chair beside the bed. Thank God for friends who teach us about prayer. You and I have been in a series of messages on these one-word prayers this Lent. Prayers not when our words are articulate or abundant, but when we just don't have a lot of words. Scrub, when we want to confess. Help, when we're seeking guidance or the healing. Center, when we know that God's grace is within us. Thanks for what God has done. Wow, when it just slips through our lips. We've been remembering, re-equipping, rediscovering a toolkit of prayer that we might not have fully known we already had at our fingertips. And today, we imagine and meet God in the scriptures using a prayer tool called Lectio Divina. Now, you may never have heard that particular term before, fair enough. 
but I often hear people describing themselves a little bit like the guy Joe I just told you about. Initially, that Lectio Divina I just told you about, you might have thought about like a monk in a ivory tower poring over some kind of illuminated manuscript, but I want to tell you that it's much more accessible, and many of us are really already doing it. Let me explain. We understand the scriptures to be the living word in two ways. First of all, the scriptures are the stories of our biblical ancestors, but they're also our stories. And second, God continues to talk, speak, through the words of the scriptures. Now, as I share this, some of us are going to be just like the priest was in the story. Huh, that's interesting, and I'm glad others are doing this. Some are going to be like the daughter. This is a bit weird and kind of strange. And some are going to be just like Joe. They found a connection, a different way, that they've not had before. There's no one right way. To illustrate this Lectio Divina, I want to use the passage that Jenny read for us, focusing on the part of the parable that I call the midnight munchies and the sleepy dreamer. Now, Lectio Divina uses four questions to walk through the process. If you got the Lenten bag this year, there's actually a card in there that looks just like what we have up on the screen. We also link to it online and put it up on Facebook. If you want a physical card, we can make sure that you get one. The first question is, what does the text say? That's the lectio part. It's where we get lection or lectionary. Other, in other words, what's happening? Sometimes the passage has things we don't know, unfamiliar concepts, things that aren't clear. This is where you and I join Jesus. He's just been in Bethany with Martha and Mary, and he's praying, and the disciples see this, and they want to join him. Teach us. Tell us about what you're doing and why you keep doing it. And Jesus just rattles off what we know to be the Lord's Prayer, or in some traditions, the Our Father, because of the first two words. But then it continues with these pesky parables the midnight muncher, and then this kind parent. And as we listen to Jesus, the first century listeners would have known this. It's more common to travel later in the evening because the heat of the day was just so hot. In Palestinian and Middle Eastern culture, hospitality would have been first and foremost. And even in the middle of the night, you would have given water, you would have given food, and you would have given shelter to anyone who asked for it. So listening with those first century ears and sitting next to Peter and James and Mary and Salome, you would have been shocked at that sleepy dreamer 
not at the midnight muncher. Because you would have been hungry after having traveled all day. The second question is, what does the text say to me, the person reading it? Meditatio is where we get an invitation to wonder about what's going on. That's the imagining ourself part. You might have been surprised <laughs> at the midnight incursion. It might have reminded us about a time when our children came in later than curfew. It might have reminded us about late night phone calls when you were woken up from a sound sleep and called to some kind of action. You might have felt put upon or startled or a little uncomfortable, quite frankly. Stories of medical incidents <laughs> or police calls <laughs> could have come up Sometimes we're drawn to a particular word we heard, a phrase or a concept. It could be positive. Sometimes it's negative. But God raises that up for us in prayer. The third question is, what do I want to say to God? That's the oratio you heard. If you're praying about the incursion of the midnight muncher, and feel like I'm already caring for a lot of people. Why is somebody knocking at the door? I'm already caring for people. You might find yourself like the old man in the chair having the conversation. God, every time I begin to get some sleep, like the man at the door, the sleepy dreamer, there's already another knock at the door. I know it's the custom and practice of those following Jesus to serve others, but I'm doing my best, and it's too much. Or whatever might have spoken to you. Sometimes it helps us to express our feelings in prayer. Here, the scripture passage, it gives us permission insight in a completely new and different way. Even if you have heard this passage many times before. And the fourth question is, what difference will this make in my life? The contemplation, the invitation that comes. If you're like many of us during this time of pandemic, you might well be struggling with Lots of different balls in the air. <laughs> Caregiving, raising children, taking care of parents, trying to find space for things you like to do before and have been put on hold since last March. You might notice in the second parable, God gives good gifts to those who ask. Asking God for space and rest in prayer might be a natural first steps. Prayer is for drawing us into relationship with God and then moving us into action. It's not one or the other. It's both and. It's my prayer 
that this kind of prayer might be a blessing. It may be brand new. You might have done it before. But may it bless you in your faith journey. Our scripture today was just one example. I pray it'll give you an opportunity to dive into the scriptures and meet God in the living word. God wants to meet you there. This, my friends, is the gospel. It's the good news of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen.